Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Kinetic Life Podcast, brought to you by Kinetic Renew. This podcast is dedicated to helping you find your way to your dreams, your goals, and your success. We'll be fueling that with key information on topics like health, science, tech, and lifestyle, coated with a few laughs along the way. In this episode, flying electric taxis coming to an airport near you. Moving an asteroid. We did it, but what really happened? Can playing video games improve cognitive function? We dive in. Brain control stops binge eating. I'm listening. Picking your nose causes dementia? Uh-oh. Plus, a few tips and tricks to help you on your journey. And now we begin. Here's Michael Chalaboudis and Dr. Mark Hertzberg. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Kinetic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shalavudis, with my good friend, Dr. Mark Hertzberg. That would be me. And I am ecstatic to be here for, I believe this is our ninth episode. And we are rolling along. People are listening. People are communicating. They are emailing. They are commenting. And we are going to fulfill their dreams of an excellent episode today. Your facial expressions are hilarious. But I'm the strong, silent type. (laughs) That remains to be seen. You ready to start rocking and rolling? I could rock. And I could roll. So, yes. (laughs) The Kinetic Life Podcast is sponsored by Kinetic Renew. Kinetic Renew is a four-ounce shot of all-natural ingredients that deliver some amazing benefits, like improved mental clarity, long and short-term focus, and improved memory and cognition. Plus, Kinetic Renew improves mood with the added benefits of anti-stress and anti-anxiety. Here's what people are saying. I drink a bottle of Kinetic Renew, and I'm in a better mood. It's like waking up on the right side of the bed. (laughs) It's great. My mental focus is clearly better. I do notice that I have better clarity. Definitely improves my my mood for sure. It reduces my stress. Visit KineticLife.com today. Log on now and use promo code POD1 for 30% off. That's 30% off your order when you use promo code POD1. KineticLife.com. K-I-N-E-T-I-Q-Life.com. Do it now. You're going to love Kinetic Renew. Here we go. Okay. So this is cool stuff. Now, if you follow car magazines and things like that, uh, the flying car that was always, you know, weird attempts made in the 50s and 60s. But now every week you see an article about a new company that's working on something especially electric. But what's interesting is in the last few weeks, uh, there was first an announcement by United Airlines that they are investing in a company that's working on eVTOLs. That would be, think of a electric uh, flying drone, but big enough to carry people, but a bunch of electric fans that's working as a taxi. And a week later, there was an article that Delta's Airlines is investing in a company that does that. They think the future of air travel is to have these electric taxis flying people into the airport. And that is an incredible lifestyle uh, upgrade if this can be made to work. Uh, Because if you think about it, in 1961, 
you could take a cab, go from Queens to one of the airports in 15 minutes, 20 minutes from Manhattan, five minutes to get on a plane, two hours to go down to Miami. You could have a business lunch, work it, and in eight hours, do the whole thing, come back and finish some work in the office. Today, six hours in traffic, hours in security. Mm. (laughs) You're lucky if you can come back the next day and get some time in the office. If you could like go to a little open area or an unused helipad, get in this cab, fly in 10 minutes, you're taking a huge chunk from a metropolitan airport's flying time. And if they had the brains to integrate some security where they would do the security in the car and come to a special entrance where you were already passed through security, they could immensely improve the time of air travel. Oh, I agree. I guess the question then is, obviously, the original, the initial versions of this are probably for uh, more affluent individuals, um, because you can't have, well, even if it was affordable to have so many of these EV cabs flying into the airport, into airspace would be a congestion nightmare flying, but I guess it's a cooler version of taking the helicopter to the airport? A lot. The helicopters, there are a lot of issues. That's why a lot of these helipads aren't used. They're ultra expensive. They're noisy. They're inefficient. The the people developing these eVTOLs, they're really talking about getting to some point where regular people will be using them for regular reasons. So it might start... You know, well, everything starts with people who can afford it. First adopters, but realistically... Investing in companies that use this for a profit to be like a cab service would be the beginning of making these affordable where a little while later regular people might be using them. And then we might be George Jetson with a little flying car to the office. But you would have to be like a George Jetson where you hit the button and it takes you because otherwise everyone would have to get a pilot's license. Well, the... Uh, I guess the autopilots will be advancing also, but no, they have to worry. The one thing is the airlines like it when they're battery powered and they can go back and forth in the city. If they ever get to a point where they could actually work like a plane and people are their own pilots, that could put the airlines out of business. So that would be a whole other ball game. Very true. And while these EV taxi cabs, helicopters, whatever you want to call them, what's the actual term they're using? EV tall. EV tolls. So while the EV tolls, uh, I guess, are safer and less noisy than, say, a helicopter, I know an issue with EV cars is their weight because these battery packs are heavy, which causes you to wear your tires quicker. You know, it's one thing when your tires get worn out, uh, but, you know, running out of energy quickly or having weight, too much weight, uh, is not bode well for a flying vehicle. But that would come down to two things. Number one, all of these industries are spending a lot of money to improve batteries to get more power into lighter storage. But also, remember what I said, that they wouldn't, the the airlines wouldn't want these to have like 700 miles of range. So to them, it would be perfectly fine if you're saying, keep the battery pack minimum, it could uh, fly our useful range and recharge. Go 30, 40 miles and then right. back down and recharge. So, you know, you could have a, a range larger than that without a giant battery, but they wouldn't want to go too much. 
So that would all fit in. Also, I think the article I read didn't explain it, but my guess is EV tool stands for electric vertical takeoff and landing. Ah. They're having a hard time getting enough lithium for the current batteries uh, in, in cars, uh, for the EV cars. Now you're going to add them to a flying vehicle. Uh, unless we find an asteroid filled with lithium, mm. we, we might have an issue in the near future. Every problem is a gift. Without problems, we would not grow. Tony Robbins. You only have to do a few things right in your life so long as you don't do too many things wrong. Warren Buffett. Number one, they're also working on non-lithium batteries, Ooh. but... If you wanted an asteroid, then what you'd want to do is direct an asteroid to with lithium, if any of them have that, in a good supply to us, whereas we're working on exactly the opposite. Mm, bad asteroid coming towards us. And bad. how do we stop that? Well, historically, when an asteroid was crashing into Earth and we didn't want to go the ways of the dinosaurs... This was a job for Superman. Or Bruce Willis and his team of oil drillers. Or Bruce Willis. The, but now, they recently sent a uh, special uh, probe, space probe right? ramming mission uh, to test the feasibility of protecting ourselves from an asteroid. And the probe wasn't that big, but I believe it, it crashed into the asteroid at like 12,000 miles per hour, some ridiculous speed. But all they're looking to do is adjust its trajectory slightly. Right, but that's the idea. If you see an asteroid coming and you pick it up far enough away, you just need to give it the slightest nudge and you change its trajectory by a fraction of a degree and that could mean it misses us by a million miles instead of hitting us. So in this case, they went after it there's a two asteroid system that revolve around each other and they wanted to change the time of the orbit by at least, I believe it was 73 seconds. Of and the they, smaller asteroid. Right, and they wound up by changing it by like 11 minutes or no, something. No, it was 23 minutes. 23 minutes. Yeah, so there was anything over 73 seconds was going to be a huge success. So 23 Ooh. minutes is wow. Now, if this was the Twilight Zone or the Outer Limits, they'd find out that in our test, we changed its trajectory, and now it was heading straight to Earth. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. Not good. But I guess having these mechanisms in place for these test missions to be able to uh, first detect and then adjust any large object coming towards us is... Uh, Promising. Right. It's really good, like if you know an asteroid's coming at you, that you could say, let's do something instead of, oh, I don't know, I give up. I'm just going to sit around and pick my nose until the end. Well, I believe, what was it, 93 or 94, there was the horseshoe comet? That it was it was coming right for us, and they kind of like just kept watching it, and thank God for Jupiter. The Well, that went into Jupiter. Yeah. By the way, hold the presses. A week or so after the experiment uh, ramming into the comet, they found that not only did they change its orbit, but it developed a second tail. Ooh, two tails? A comet of two tails. 
And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Anna Isnin. There's no shortage of remarkable ideas. What's missing is the will to execute them. Seth Godin. I owe my success to having listened respectfully to the very best advice and then going away and doing the exact opposite. G.K. Chesterton. If you really look closely, most overnight successes took a long time. Steve Jobs. Even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Will Rogers. There are no secrets to success. It is the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. Colin Powell. Success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you're doing, you'll be successful. Albert Schweitzer. If you're wondering what we do during those success breaks, we're not sitting around just picking our noses. Picking your nose is a dangerous, dangerous activity, or is it? Well, according to rumored science, it can lead to Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's? So you're telling me if I dig for gold, I could become a vegetable? There is that alleged possibility. Uh, it actually started, there was a study, actually not as new as the news would have you think. It was like 10 months ago, and it was talking about a bacteria in the nose is associated with Alzheimer's. Now, associated could mean cause, could mean is caused by, could mean just coincidental, uh, but that uh, sat around for a while, and in the study, it there was a study done where they weakened the epithelium in mouse noses, so they couldn't smell the cat, and this would allow infections to go through. So some people started conjecturing that nose picking could do this, and the question was put out there, and most specialists like laughed it off, but some started investigating to see if there was any possibility. Which, in some sense, would make sense that you break the epithelium of your nose when you're just jam that finger up there, uh, breaking that barrier, allowing for certain bacteria to go in. But recent research has shown that it's not likely, possible, but not likely. You have to really be just vigorously picking your nose, and there would have to be enough bacterium. And in, even then, they're not 100% of this correlation. Correct, Mark? Well, that's the one thing, because nose picking is a unique activity. Pretty much everyone does it secretly, and everyone claims that it's never done. The uh, I see plenty of the time while I'm driving. You just look over at the person next to you, and they're digging for gold to the stoplight. But and that's trying to you know we went through cleaning out the house, and now we're adding a new room. The uh, some people said they found correlations between people who were showing signs of Alzheimer's and were also doing a lot more nose picking. But is it because, let's say, there was already 
a problem with the nose that allowed bacteria through and that caused irritation that led to nose picking? Did the nose picking cause the problem? Was it simply that one of the early signs of the dementia was people stopped uh, being discreet about picking their nose in public? Uh, so there's no real connection and no real connection found. And even hypothetically, yeah, you would have to cause bleeding all the time to be really making a gateway possible. So the story was much more of a great headline, not a big story, not a real health threat that anyone has found. Yeah, I mean, as a safety precaution, make sure cut your nails, don't dig for gold too much. Uh, you know, uh, be safe out there while, you, while you're, you know, you're picking your nose. Um, but going back to what you were saying, we did discuss articles in the past about how uh, those with dementia had different uh, gut microflora. So it's possible that the formation of dementia also leads to different microflora in your nose. Now, we don't know what came first, but like I said, as you mentioned, it could Alzheimer's lead to an adjustment of your body's microflora. And for whatever reason, this bacteria that seems to be found or prevalent in those with Alzheimer's uh, might lead to uh, irritation of the of the nose. I will stick to your advice about keeping my nails trimmed so I don't uh, assassinate myself. <laughs> the uh, and hope that the microbiota of my nose stays proper. Keep your nose clean. Keep your hands clean. Keep your nose to the grindstone. There you go. And maybe use a tissue, people, for one, you know. And time as and the, time old, again. the old saying goes if your nose went on strike, would you pick it? <laughs> People won't notice this. Late nights, early mornings, self-doubt, failures, obstacles, risks taken. They will only see your results and call you lucky. Author unknown. Do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. Author unknown. Enough of what's bad for your brain. Mike, what's good for your brain? Apparently, video games, which I was always told were bad for my brain, might actually be good for your brain, especially during those developmental years. What? Yes. Now, they did a study uh, looking at two sets of uh, two groups of, of children around ages 9 and 10, uh, those who played video games and those who did not on a consistent basis. And they found that uh, after doing an MRI of their brains after six to eight months, those uh, in the group that played video games consistently had higher uh, neural activity in areas of the brain uh, for memory and attention compared to those who did not play video games. Now, the problem with this study was they, you know, there was really no consistency of what type of video game were they playing? Were they playing puzzle games? Were they playing action games? Um, and they found out that these individuals were no better on uh, other forms of testing, I believe, Mark, they, right? And this video games has an interesting history with this. If you go back... 40 years when video games were much simpler and then it'd be much easier to say what you are doing with them. 
they were phenomenal, like the early Pongs and things like that, Tank, even Pac-Man, were phenomenal for eye-hand coordination. And they were actually used also in some forms of vision training. These games were great. For memory games, things like, uh, oh, they were done as video games, but they started as electronic games. Uh, what do you call the one where you got to repeat the sequence of colors? Oh, like a Simon's Simon. Simon, yeah. Thank you. I wish I remembered oh, that. I need to play too. more video games and improve my memory. The uh, were phenomenal for certain training things. So it makes sense that there are things that video games, they some of them make you think. They make you do certain things that they are training. The... It, so it's not that uh, shocking. Also, what they haven't done here is picked a random group, which means the people who play more video games to begin with, maybe they're better at the games that require memory and like them because they start off with a better memory. So there's a long way to go in this research. The problem is what's happening when they do this instead of physical activity? Mm, they don't compare that. and that's But, the, but I guess what the results are showing that... N- Video games aren't bad, or at least no worse than watching TV. Uh, maybe even better, because at least you're getting the eye-hand coordination. But you're still pretty sedentary. Either way, they're going to continue the study, I believe, for the foreseeable future to track these individuals to see as they continue to grow and develop, what does this lead to? Now... It's all the technology's always had prejudices behind it. Uh, when TV was first becoming popular, people were warned if you're not more than 10 feet away, you're going to get, especially when color TV started getting popular, you're going to die of radiation. Your face going to melt. If you're, you're going to go blind. If TV would make you blind, I would have been blind 100 years ago. Uh, the funny thing is, they'd say, you know, stop watching TV, read more. Reading holding things close and looking there for three hours is stressful to the eyes. Watching a TV across the room lets it use detailability without stressing in close. So a lot of these were just people didn't like the idea of the new activity and they made up things about it. So the same with video games. No one ever did anything that showed it was bad mentally. What you might say is if kids are obsessed with it instead of doing their homework, instead of studying, that they're not getting the education you want. But that's different than saying it hurts the brain. But the, the one thing, so none of this is surprising. The one thing is you do have, let's say, an obesity problem from a generation that has great eye-hand control, and, <laughs> but never gets out of the seat. place where success comes before work is the dictionary. Vidal Sassoon. The only way around is through. Robert Frost. Success is often achieved by those who don't know that failure is inevitable. Coco Chanel. Luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Oprah Winfrey. Happiness is something you create. Author unknown. So 
some people just can't moderate themselves, especially when it comes to things like binge eating. Is there anything someone could do to help them with that? Ah, yes, there is. Brain control. Ooh. Or in this case, deep brain stimulation of the nuclear accumbens. I don't know how accumbens is pronounced, but I'm glad you pronounced it nuclear like Homer Simpson taught us instead of nuclear like some scientists mistakenly think is right. <laughs> so the idea is, well, they first started with a study using individuals that felt that they had uh, insatiable appetites uh, when they came to eating. Um, and they looked at brain activity while putting them in a situation where they had a buffet of high caloric food. After some time, they determined that the nuclear cummins was active uh, and they tried to find the frequency in which they could say adjust uh, the craving. So through the use of deep brain stimulation, essentially electrical impulse to the nuclear cumbens in this case, to stop the cravings of these people who had insatiable appetites. And they actually, they put in implants and the implants had a learning curve, I guess is the best way to describe it. It would learn patterns of the neural activity that would occur leading into and during the eating binge. And when it sensed these patterns, it would do that voodoo it do to try to curb the uh, insatiable appetite. And they found, I believe, over a month, those individuals lost just over 11 pounds without adjusting their diet at all. Well, the idea would be they didn't have to consciously or purposely yes. adjust the diet if you just cut down the insatiability or moderation, electronic moderation then you, you will just naturally start not being as overweight. But they're still not sure how effective this really is, as well as the fact that this device might also be stopping them from eating in a normal situation where they should be hungry. It's very, very early in the development of this thing, but a lot of the most interesting bits of tech and science news are because you're getting them in the very, very early stages. So if anyone tries to sell you a do-it-at-home brain implant kit, please do not, do not buy it. Or consult your physician yes, first. definitely. <laughs> also, I'm curious, too much brain stimulation in the area might just burn out the neurons in the area. And what happens if you just kill those neurons off will you never be hungry again mark or does it go haywire and you will never be satisfied somehow i've never had a nightmare where oh my god i forgot how to eat for those who may have lost their taste or smell at one point in time that's another story and the interesting thing is people who eat too much when they do have that loss they, a lot of times in the long run, they don't tend to lose a lot of weight. Eating really? is much, you know, and binge, the lack of being able to satiate yourself. In fact, and again, now I'm remembering a whole bunch of different articles from dozens of years, and some of them may even have opposite findings. But if you don't use the simple, I ate this much, my tummy says it's full to be satiated. It's a tummy. 
what do you need to tell you I've had enough? And what if it is the taste and flavor? And if you're not tasting and getting the flavor, maybe you actually eat more because you're not getting the reward. Uh, See, I would think it's the opposite. When I lost my sense of taste, I knew that I had to eat, but I really wasn't eating. And then when I got it back, oh man. But you're not someone who way overeats to begin with that has this disconnect between healthy satiation and never being uh, had enough. So to you, that you know, if the taste wasn't there, the experience was less so, and you didn't need it. Whereas the people who just can't stop eating, that might not come into it as much. That's true. Eating for the for the sake of eating is a little bit different. But I mean, I would. I, I lost twenty pounds when I lost my uh, sense of taste, and I gained it right back when I got it back. But I guess there's also a, you know, those who had uncontrollable eating, different things going on. Right. I mean, people need reward. It's the same thing they used to, they found, I remember 30, 40 years ago, that some people, low tar, low nicotine cigarettes made them worse because they were having a cigarette and they needed a certain satiation mm. for their fix and they weren't getting it. So they just kept doing more and more and more. I'm sure they'll make a brain implant to stop you from smoking. You could create a brain implant for just about anything then. What makes the Elon Musk his musk in the tusky tusk of the dusky dusk? You don't know what that is? That's the lion in the Wizard of Oz. Encourage. What makes the elephant tusk his tusk in the musky musk of the dusky dusk? What is it got that I don't got? Courage. <laughs> Would you consider such a, uh, a brain implant? Well, I actually had one. A producer uh, had it inserted. So at a certain point in the recording, it kind of kicks in and says, you know, it's time to wind it up. Do something. Don't just sit there. Don't just think about it. Don't just dream. Do something. No matter how big or small, move toward your goal. Do something. Take an action toward your goal. Right now. Tony Robbins says never leave the site of setting a goal without taking at least one action toward achieving that goal. Take action. No one's going to save you. No one's going to step up for you. No one's going to do the work for you. No one's coming for you. Take action now. You can do this. If at first you don't succeed, try another way. You can always better your best. Failure? Start again. Do something. This is what a podcast should be. For those who are new, you could email us with questions or suggestions. Podcast at kineticlife.com. Podcast at kineticlife.com. K-I-N-E-T-I-Q life.com.
I want to thank everyone for all the emails, for all the positive comments. Uh, we really appreciate the positive energy and all the positive vibes. I'm picking up good vibrations. Yeah, Mike's right. We do appreciate your positive feedback, your comments, uh, your support. It makes it worthwhile bringing you cool takes on science, lifestyle, and whatever occurs to us. Success. Success! <laughs> Thank you for being a great audience, and thank you, Kinetic Renew, for sponsoring us and for being there when we need that special smooth focus. Yes. Please share, follow, pass it off to a friend, and uh, and we sincerely appreciate you. Until next time. Bye-bye. We're sponsored by Kinetic Renew. Kinetic Renew is the four-round shot of all natural ingredients that deliver some amazing benefits, like improved mental clarity, long and short-term focus, and improved memory and cognition. Plus, Kinetic Renew improves mood with the added benefits of anti-stress and anti-anxiety. Kinetic Renew provides antioxidants and neuroprotection. And all this with no caffeine, no artificial flavors, sweeteners, or colors, and it's only five calories. Kinetic Renew is what you drink to arrive focused and alert, and you won't get that caffeine or sugar crash. Visit KineticLife.com today. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-Q-Life.com and try it. Use promo code POD1 for a special 30% discount. That's P-O-D and the number one, POD1, for a limited time 30% discount. KineticLife.com. K-I-N-E-T-I-Q life.com. Do it now. Give it a try. You're going to love it. The 30% off is for a limited time, so log on now for the savings. Thank you for listening to the Kinetic Life Podcast. Catch a new show every other Thursday. You'll find us everywhere you can listen to a podcast. And remember, be safe, have fun, and go for your dreams. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. All comments, jokes, views, and ideas expressed are those of the hosts or guests and do not represent any company or organizations with whom they may be affiliated. Always make sure to consult your own physician before starting any new diet, supplement, or exercise routine. Oh, and there's one more thing. If you're working on something that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Steve Jobs. <laughs>